At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a Silver Linings edition of the HHC, our first of the regular season, as the Hornets fell to the Detroit Pistons 111-99. to Both teams' records are now at 1-1 one one. Detroit picking up their first win of the season. Charlotte, its first loss. We'll break down the game, give you our silver linings, and we'll tell you what we think we know two games into the season. Not a huge sample size, but a couple of things that were through lines from one game to another. Obviously different results, so some things the Hornets will want to work on and some things the Hornets will want to highlight on moving forward through the remaining 80 games of the regular season. Helping me on all of these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Long here with us once again. Uh, Rob, we uh, had a win streak going, and so we made it three straight days of you and I on the podcast. That is over now. You get to... Does that mean I'm done? uh, You're done for a couple of days. We're going to mix up the matchups here. That's a silver lining in my book that I get a day off. (laughs) You two got to, you know, you got to ride the hot hand, but it ended at once, so uh, you're, you're off tomorrow in terms of being on the podcast. Still get to edit, though. Something to look forward to for you. Hornets fall short 111 to 99 in this one. There's a lot of elements of this game. It was very physical. There was a lot of foul trouble that the Hornets ran into, specifically at the center position. Mark Williams limited to 20 minutes. He played with five fouls. Nick Richards limited to 16 minutes. Normally, those two go in tandem. I think when you look back to the first game, they basically played all 48 minutes, maybe spent a few seconds off the floor just to give some better free throw shooters opportunities in late game situations. But let's 
let's call it 47 out of 48 minutes. This time around against a much bigger Detroit team, they only play 36 combined minutes. That's a quarter without a center on the floor. That's very difficult when you're playing a Detroit team that features a power forward whose nickname is Beef Stew. So uh, Detroit, big, big squad. They were able to take advantage of those advantages and get the wins. But ultimately, for me, it came down to this. Charlotte just didn't shoot the ball well enough to win this one. The Hornets were 37% from the floor. Detroit was 46%. Pistons from three. 10 of 29, that's 34% right around league average. Hornets were below that, 7 of 28, 25%, even from the foul stripe. Even though the Hornets made a few more, they were less efficient at the foul line. One more edge to Detroit. But before we get into what we really think, what went wrong, our look at the contest, let's have an expert's opinion, a man who played it. Here's LaMelo Ball on the physicality of the game. Pretty much, yeah, they came hit first. And then it just seemed like when we try to get physical back, I mean, we was getting called, so it just pretty much ain't go our way. Short, sweet, to the point. I, I think the physicality of the game was a feature throughout the contest, and, and that is an advantage to Detroit. They are a big team with the ability to play two centers at a time. They've got Jalen Duran and Isaiah Stewart, both in the starting lineup. They bring Marvin Bagley the third off the bench, and if they should need a fourth one, you've got a former number 2 overall pick, James Wiseman, who's yet to play a minute in an NBA game this season, but certainly could plug in and play well. So if the game's going to be allowed to be played physically, and, and the Hornets have a, a gripe there, and I think a legitimate one in some of the officiating, or at least where some of the fouls were directed, Mark Williams and Nick Richards were effectively taken out of the contest with some of the calls, and some of the contact wasn't called on the other side, and the Hornet sides, but regardless, you just look at the stat line and it's dominated by those Piston centers and the Hornet centers, even though they weren't on the floor a lot, the minutes they were on the floor, they, they didn't win them. Charlotte combines it from the center position to get two points and five rebounds. Jalen Duran alone had 14 points and 17 boards for Detroit. That's not going to win you any ball games in the NBA, and that's kind of the thing, too, where, yeah, there were fouls on all sides, really. I mean, when you look at it for Detroit, you had Cade Cunningham, who fouled out. Asar Thompson had five fouls. A lot of people were in foul trouble. P.J. Washington ended up fouling out for the Hornets very, very late in the game where things were out of reach, but when you go back and you look at it, I mean, the foul trouble happened early and often, even in the first half. I mean, Nick Richards picked up his third foul at the 946 mark of the second quarter. Mark Williams got his third foul with a little bit over three minutes to go in the first half as well. And then Mark picks up his fourth foul 52 seconds into the third quarter. So they were basically playing literally defense one hand tied behind their back to try to stay out of foul trouble. So you can't win ball games like that. It's definitely frustrating because like I said, even though the Hornets had foul trouble, so did the Pistons, but theirs was kind of more centered around the guards and the wings, not really the centers. And when you already have two centers on a roster like the Hornets do, and you're going up basically against three really good centers with Detroit, then that's where the ball game is won and lost. So this one just kind of felt like a matchup issue really from the get-go, even when we were previewing this one. This one kind of reminds me of those Cleveland Cavalier teams from a couple of years ago when you had Evan Mobley and Laurie Markkinen and Jared Allen, all those guys in the front court that were just very tall and very lanky and just they had all this size and it was like, all right, we got our three massive towers. You don't even have twin towers. You have triplet towers in the front court try to stop us. This is kind of what that Detroit team feels like a little bit, and sometimes it's just a matchup issue, and the Hornets ran into a bad matchup tonight. Hornets fall short in this one. Final score, 111-99. to That size, that physicality on display from start to finish uh, really shone brightly in the rebounding numbers. Even though the Hornets were able to pull down 11 offensive boards, uh, out-rebounded 52-40 to overall by Detroit. Again, offensive rebounds were the same. A lot of those were available because Charlotte went one-and-done and 
and, and just missed more shots, 37% from the floor, leaving a lot of opportunities for Detroit to clean the glass. A couple of statistical notes before we get to silver linings. I definitely want to highlight something. You know, We heard from LaMelo Ball there. I think he did a good job of recognizing how the game was being played and that there were fouls to be picked up on the opposition. And he did a good job getting to the stripe. 10 of 12 from the foul line. Half his point total comes from the charity stripe. Kind of a Trey Young style of offensive game for LaMelo Ball. The 10 made free throws that matches his career high. So nice job there by him. The one player who I did think shot pretty well outside of three was Terry Rozier. He goes 0 for 7 from distance, so clearly that wasn't a good night. But he goes 8 for 12 from everywhere else, including playing in amongst the trees with all those towers for Detroit. His 20-point performance hits a couple of milestones for him in terms of Hornets' franchise history. He has now passed Gerald Henderson for ninth in terms of the most double-figure scoring efforts. He now has 240. 44 in his Hornets career, and he passes Raymond Felton for seventh in franchise history in career points. Terry now with 5,322 points in his Hornets career. I think he's got a chance to go to the top six, top five realistically in the next month or so here, but a really strong scoring effort from Terry Rozier. He was a spark when they needed one, but unfortunately, Charlotte just couldn't quite get over the hump. Frustrating. I mean, it just kind of was one of those things where just this entire team in in general just seemed like chip away, chip away, chip away. All right, two-point deficit here, three-point deficit here, and then Detroit was kind of able just to turn it around the other way. So unfortunate T-Row going 0 for 7 from beyond the arc, but again, overall, I mean, he made some really big plays down the stretch. You go back to that one that he had midway through the fourth quarter. He had eight straight points that put the game within three, uh, and that was kind of when things got a little chippy for both sides and teams had to be separated a little bit going to the benches for a timeout, but all in all, Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, I mean, LaMelo, a rebound and an assist shy of a triple-double as well. I know we'll get into silver linings here in a few moments, but the starters definitely showed up outside of Mark Williams, and again, kind of the foul trouble and just the way that the game worked out the way it was. Only player in the starting five to not reach double figures, but I mean, this these starters, we've seen it since the preseason. When they can gel together and they have this time to build up that chemistry and they are able to just be out there and be healthy on the floor, they can do some damage. Effort, certainly not the issue. Uh, Unfortunately, execution, especially against a a unique Detroit team. This is a bigger team than you're often going to see. Uh, Looking fast forward in the clock uh, to Monday, Hornets are going to host Brooklyn. As of now, Nick Claxton hasn't played yet this season due to an ankle injury. If he doesn't play, Brooklyn's been going with a centerless lineup. This is a center-filled one that Detroit came and they were able to get the win. Tip your cap to them pistons 111 hornets 99 both teams are now one and one when we come back we'll have our silver linings after this here on the hornets i've cast at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats 
even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast, a Silver Linings edition. Hornets fell to the Pistons 111-99. to Hornets are now 1-1 one one on the young season. All right, Rob Longo, it's time to pick our Silver Linings performers. Highlighted a couple of statistical notes. LaMelo Ball, a career high and made free throws with 10. You noted that he was one away from a triple-double in both the rebound and assist category. And it goes back to another thing for me. The Hornets, they don't have to have LaMelo Ball have a great game to win games they can win without him you know having a great shooting night last night was not necessarily one of those for him four for 17 from the floor two of seven from three but everything else he does involves so many other players you can still find ways to get wins Uh, and then Terry Rozier he passes Raymond Felton and Gerald Henderson on two different statistical categories on the Hornets all-time leaderboard might they be your silver lining selection Rob Longo I'm gonna have to say no I'm gonna go in a little bit of a different direction I'm gonna keep it in the starting five it's gonna be Gordon Hayward as my silver lining selection from last night's game Miller into the lane kick out Hayward catch and shoot three. Yes, sir. Rip the net cord. Gordon Hayward. Yet another Lowe's drilling three-point shot. Hornets have made it a one-possession game. When Gordon Hayward is healthy, he is an impactful player still, even though he's been several seasons removed from that all-star selection and just the way that he's bounced around the league. He's just been very impactful for this team. We've talked about it a couple of seasons ago where we said that this team's floor is Gordon Hayward. Now it's starting to be to the point where this team's ceiling is what LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, and Gordon Hayward can do. We're not talking about the floor all of a sudden like we were in the past. But Gordon played 34 minutes in last night's game, 19 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 6 of 15 from the field, 2 for 4 Beyond the arc, 5-6 at six from the free throw line. I thought that he just played very well. There were stretches in that game where you go back and you look at it and you kind of had that idea, or at least it looked like he said, I'm feeling it right now. I know we need a bucket. I'm going to go to the rim and get a tough one, or I'm going to draw a foul, and I'm going to go to the free throw line and get two shots. He just knows where to pick and choose his spots. And in that regard, you go back to Friday's game, and I was talking to Bill McGrath, the great stats man for Valley Sports Southeast that helps out Eric Collins and Del Curry. I was talking about 
Gordon Hayward before the game last night, and he mentioned where Gordon played, I want to say, a little bit over nine minutes in the fourth quarter of Wednesday's game against Atlanta, and he did not take a shot attempt. He did not take a shot attempt, and he didn't score. And he was still able to be out there and make an impact on the game. So that just goes to show that when that Gordon knows how to pick and choose his spots, yesterday it just happened to be more in a scoring column rather than Wednesday when he was just more of a facilitator and playing defense out there on the floor. Yeah, I think think the versatility of this lineup is not just with the positions and the sizes. You can have Teo Maladon and... LaMelo Ball on the floor at the same time or Terry Rozier and one of those two at the same time and have that you know elite guard skill set. can also go big and go Brandon Miller, Gordon Hayward, JT Thor, PJ Washington and, and Mark Williams or Nick Richards, some combination of those guys and have four really big players out there on the floor. But it's also in the versatility of who can score and making defenses play honestly, uh, knowing that if you are willing to double a LaMelo Ball or a Terry Rozier, that Gordon Hayward's going to have advantageous matchups and he's going to take advantage of them, and I thought he did a good job of that last night. 6 of 15 from the floor, 2 for 4 from 3, 5 for 6 from the foul line, 19 points, 8 rebounds. He's rebounded the ball very well so far this season, averaging 8 per game. Uh, numbers are, are right where you want them to be, so I, I like the pick. Gordon Hayward, I thought a really strong game for Charlotte. I'm going to go, though, with the rookie who I thought had another spectacular game. And it's easy to, you know, create new career highs when you've only played two games. But it was a career night for Brandon Miller. Hayes, bounce pass, Durant, soaring. And it's blocked by Nick Richards. Collected by P.J. Washington. Hit ahead, Brandon Miller. He goes up and fires it down with the right hand. There's some emotion from the kid. A Dr. Pepper dunk to make it a four-point game. And some context for that particular play. One, there had been a timeout earlier where some of the Pistons were trying to rattle Brandon Miller, get in his face a little bit, trying to channel some older bad boy Pistons era type of attitude and get in the rookie's face. Brandon just walked away from it, turned the cheek, you know, just wasn't having any of it, gets this breakaway play and throws down a monster dunk, lets out a roar. Something that we haven't seen a whole lot of from the kid, Some some of those overwhelming emotion type of moments, but it was nice to see it there, kind of sending a message back to Detroit that, hey, I'm here, I'm fighting, you're not going to get in my face. And uh, he had a a great game, even aside from that dunk, but that dunk kind of punctuated it. 17 points, a career high for the rookie. Six made field goals, that's a career high. Three made free throws, that's a career high. Six rebounds, that's a career high. Two assists, that's a career high. Again, he's two games into his career. Four fouls, that's a career high. Uh, I think that is two. (laughs) Two games into his career, he's going to have a lot more career high nights. But I just love what we're seeing so far from the rookie. Through two games, he's averaging 15 points per night. That's up there with all the other great rookies in this class, including Chet Holmgren, including Victor Wembanyama, both of whom have bigger roles on their teams than Brandon Miller has on his Brandon Miller has a huge role on this team, but just saying in terms of who the Spurs are trying to play through, who the Thunder are playing through, those two guys are going to get a lot of opportunities. But Brandon Miller, he looks solid. The best thing I can say about him is that everything he's done to this point looks easily repeatable. I'm not looking at a game where I'm like, oh my God, he went 8 for 8 from 3. There's no way he's going to do that again. These are basically average nights for the young man. He shot 2 of 4 from 3. That makes him now, quick math, I think he's 5 for 11 from 3. That's elite. He's had two great nights. Enough from me about Brandon Miller. Let's hear Gordon Hayward, what he thinks of the rookie thus far. Yeah, no, he's been great. You know, I, I feel like he's gotten better each game, you know, from that first preseason game to, to here now. I think 
he'll only get better uh, just because he'll have these experiences and that'll help him and his adjustment to to this level. But he's been he's been really good defensively. He, he's rebounding and starting the break for us when he's knocking down shots. I mean, he just gives us he just makes us so much more dynamic. Um, so uh, he, he's he's looking really good. Gordon Hayward there on the rookie, Brandon Miller, who turns in a career performance, 17.6 boards and two assists. One more silver lining to throw in here. We mentioned the fouls. We mentioned the physicality. I think that, you know, the the way the game was officiated, I don't think unfairly, but I, I think it certainly played more to Detroit's strengths than the Hornets, and sometimes the style of officiating or the way things are going to be adjudicated can have an impact on the game, and it played some part of it, but... Look, Detroit won that game. Detroit was the better team, the more physical team. They dominated the glass. They shot better from all ranges. They won that game. But at the tail end of it, Detroit was trying to send a message. Isaiah Stewart, who had a fantastic fourth quarter for the Pistons, uh, he had 13 of his 15 points came after halftime. 11 of them came in the fourth quarter alone. He went out there and tried to send a message. He had a lane and he tried to, you know, throw down a huge slam and scream for the crowd or whatever he was going to try and do. PJ Washington was not having it. He stepped in, gave a good hard foul, kind of forearm to the chest, which you could call self defense because Isaiah Stewart is a massive human being coming at you like a freight train. Uh, But PJ Washington, I think he sent a message back that this is a game that you won. You earned it. You played better than us. Tip your cap. But you are not punking us in our place with a dunk in a meaningless moment in the game. You want to shoot a three? You want to shoot a jumper? Fine. You're not taking an easy easy lane and dunking on us. And I think that is a good message to send back to another squad that, quite frankly, is trying to do the same thing you are and make their way from bottom of the barrel in the Eastern Conference in the lottery up for a playoff or play-in position. Yeah, and I mean, I get the player safety aspect of it, but if you go back 25 years ago, that's not a flagrant two and that's not an ejection. That is a good hard foul, and you're going to the line and you're earning your two free throws. So I understand that they're trying to make the game safer and free up the player movement and stuff and, and that sort of thing. I just don't understand what Detroit was trying to do in the game last night. You win, that's great. You want to celebrate, that's fine. You won 17 games last year. I understand you're trying to change the culture. You got Monty Williams in there now leading the charge. You got a top five draft pick in Asar Thompson. You're trying to change the culture, but it's the second game of the season. Like let, Let's pump the brakes a little bit. And again, you want to celebrate, you want to win, Whatever. I don't I, I understand, but just you didn't really win last year too. I just don't it just gave off some Dylan Brooks vibes for me. That's well, that's all I'm no, gonna say. But look, I, I'm I'm first to give Detroit credit. They won that game. They played better. Yes. Alec Burks had a spectacular game, twenty four points, eleven made free throws. They played well. Stewart played well. Duran played great. Bagley played well. They were big physical. They won that game. But I think that at the tail end, Stewart is trying to send a message. And P.J. Washington sent one back. And I'm sure it will be remembered come January or maybe in that play-in tournament week. Whenever the Hornets and Pistons get together again, that's going to be filed away. And and rather than Detroit having the upper hand of saying, you know, we beat you in your place and we got to stuff it down your throats at the end, the last moment of the game is P.J. Washington standing his ground saying, you might have won this time, but we're not letting you roll over us. And that's and that's maturity from P.J. Washington. That is leadership from P.J. Washington to set the message and say, we're not going to put up with this. We lost. But again, and this is another thing, too, where Steve Clifford has talked about the last couple of days about just preaching that physicality and having to be a more physical team. This is probably a really good wake-up call for this team where they got bodied a little bit by guys like Jalen Duran 
and Marvin Bagley and all of those guys in the front court, this is the time where Steve Clifford can say, this is what happens when you don't play physical and you let them crash the boards. So it's just kind of a culmination of everything, and P.J. Washington definitely setting the tone moving forward for this team, too. Hornets 1-1 one and one through two games of the season. Small sample size, but what do we know after two contests here at Spectrum Center? We'll talk about that next as we wrap up another edition of the Hornets Hivecast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe you can even have health lock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills to date health lock has helped its members save over 130 million dollars bottom line insurance alone isn't enough to save visit healthlock.com do it today before you see another health care provider that's healthlock.com we only have two centers, and they both played. So, I mean, we don't have another center, nor do we need one, by the way. These two guys are more than capable, more than capable of, of doing that. Now, I mean, whether it's making sure they're prioritizing, you know, which with young players a lot, that's what it is. There's nothing, and they know this, okay? They know it. We watch film. I've told them there's nothing more important than their physicality, their rim protection, and their rebounding numbers. And then it's the screening assists. And then you go from there. And they know that. They hear it every day. So, I mean, that's it. But, I mean, there's not another guy there that obviously physically we wouldn't have a chance to play. That guy's a monster. And so are they. So, I mean, that's what they're there for. 
Hornets head coach Steve Clifford, after last night's loss to the Detroit Pistons, 111-99, a very physical game, one in which the Hornets centers really were not a factor due to foul trouble. Uh, Hornets head coach Steve Clifford touching upon that in his post-game comments. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you, trying to assess what we know about the Hornets. Now two games into the season, Charlotte's 1-1, one and one, so is Detroit, so are a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference in the NBA at large. Uh, one thing on the centers, I think it's important, he said that we only have two centers, they both played, and we don't need any more centers. And I think that speaks to the faith that head coach Steve Clifford has in Mark Williams and Nick Richards, rightfully so. They have played very well in their young careers, and I think there is reason for an awful lot of optimism. It does present some scenarios here where if someone gets hurt, if someone's in foul trouble, you all of a sudden are down to one center and playing with some small ball situations, and I I don't know that that's the uh, game plan going into every game. It might be in some, but uh, certainly it leaves you uh, a little susceptible to some of those issues. But most teams are not built like Detroit is. Take, for example, the next team that's coming into the building, that's the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn, in terms of depth on the roster, they're not the deepest at the center spot either. They've got Nick Claxton, who uh, in his debut performance against Cleveland, a one-point loss for Brooklyn. He had seven points and seven boards. Did not play in last night's game for the Brooklyn Nets. That one was against Dallas on the road, and he was injured out with an ankle injury, so they went with a basically centerless lineup. They've got Ben Simmons, who's a 6'10 point guard in some people's estimation, so big guy. He had 10 rebounds, but not a true center, so it's a different style of game, even if uh, we're all kind of playing the same style, quote-unquote, of offense, as Coach Clifford likes to say. Different bodies out there make it a different style of contest. So Detroit was able to hit with multiple centers. Brooklyn might come with none when we get back to action on Monday. It's going to make for an interesting dynamic, but again, that's that's the beauty of the NBA. I mean, you got 30 teams that, yeah, they play the same style of basketball for the most part, but every team is different, obviously. I mean, you go back and you got the Atlanta team with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, they're very guard-oriented. Then you go and face a Detroit team that's very power-forward and center-oriented. Then you go to now Brooklyn here in a couple of days where it's kind of a little bit of everything where, yeah, you got a guy that was really good in Ben Simmons and then kind of fell off the map, and now all of a sudden it looks like he's healthy and he's playing a lot better now, but then you don't have a traditional center. So every night's going to be different in the NBA for every opponent that you take on, so it's just another different challenge, and... Just like we've learned something these last two games, we're going to learn something more about this team moving forward on Monday as well. A couple of other of lessons learned when it comes to the Hornets now through two games, at least two, two items that stick out to me. Uh, too many turnovers uh, on a nightly basis. Charlotte turned it over 17 times last night. All told, they're averaging 18 turnovers yielded per night, which has been 20 points for the other side. A lot of them live ball turnovers, which are just easy points. Gordon Hayward touched on that in his postgame comments uh, after last night's loss to Detroit. That's definitely something they have to clean up. If nothing else, the live ball turnovers have to come down. You can't give up 20 points per game to the opposition on, for the most part, free run out. So that's one. Two, the three-point shooting has, hasn't been there just yet. Back-to-back nights where they shot under 30% from beyond the arc. They did make seven in the loss to the Hawks. They go, check that, they made 11 in the loss to the Hawks. 11 for 37, but that's under 30% from three. Seven for 28 last night against the Pistons. That's 25%. So if league average is slightly over, a little more than slightly over 30%, and you haven't gotten there in two games, that's 
something that says that the three-point shooting isn't quite there yet. We know they've got good shooters. P.J. Washington, Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, Brandon Miller. You're not going to hold these guys down for the entire season. Uh, but to be 1-1 one one through two games... When one game, you both games, you didn't shoot the ball well. Both games, you turned it over a lot. In one game, you had to play without a center for a quarter because of foul trouble against the biggest team, arguably, in the NBA. I think you take that. You do. I mean, it's a lot better than 0-2. It beats 0-2, that's for sure. But in terms of some stuff that I've learned personally, I think that somebody else needs to step up on the bench scoring-wise. You go back to Brandon Miller, who had 13 points in Game 1 against Atlanta. Then you go back, and now he has 17 in the game last night. But outside of that, it's been kind of famine for the bench scoring when you go back to the game on Wednesday outside of Brandon Miller the Hornets end up scoring 16 bench points when you go back to the game last night against the Pistons outside of Brandon Miller eight bench points two from JT Thor and six from Teo Maladon so I know that the rotation's a little shortened because of some of the injuries and you don't have the full depth of your bench that you want but I think that just somebody else needs to step up there is it a guy like Cody Martin once he's fully healthy maybe that's the answer but at this point right now, other than Brandon Miller, somebody on that bench has to step up when that second unit comes in. And I know that it's a little bit more balanced because you have Terry Rozier kind of slotting in and playing a little bit more. Teo Maladon's been playing with LaMelo Ball as well, so they're kind of balancing that starting five with some of the reserve guys, which is making the offense more consistent rather than just having a huge drop-off from the starters into the full second unit like you're making a full line change. But again, somebody else just needs to step up in the bench to solidify that bench scoring. Yeah, I think most nights a Nick Richards or a JT Thor, someone bubbles up and has it. Uh, Brandon Miller has proved to be a very consistent scorer off the bench to tip things off here. But yeah, some lessons learned here. Two games in. Our next contest for the Hornets is going to be on Monday, which means we got a couple of days off here, and that means tomorrow we've got uh, another kind of special interview, and this one is extra special, as we are going to have here on the Hornets Hivecast, the Hornets' new ownership leaders, Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall, will join us in studio for the Hornets Hivecast. They're going to talk about what it means to be the stewards of this franchise, what they are most excited about here in Charlotte, near-term and long-term. A lot to talk about with them, and we're looking forward to bringing that conversation to all of you tomorrow here on the Hornets Hivecast. Super excited for it. We got the bosses in the building. We still have jobs, so we must have done an okay <laughs> job, but uh, it's it's exciting. I really like the persona and the personalities of Gay Plock and Rick Schnall. Obviously, everybody's going to hear it here tomorrow on the HHC, but they're just a pleasant group of people to be around. They have a clear vision. Can't say enough good things about those guys. They were really gracious with their time. I'm sure they're very busy right now as we flip the page into the regular season, and we got arena renovations coming up that are sure are taking a a priority here as well after this season coming up as well. So just so much going on right now here in Buzz City that we're just very thankful for their time and able to share their vision with the Hornets franchise with us and the fans. Definitely something to look forward to tomorrow. Rick Schnall, Gabe Plotkin here on the Hornets Hivecast. And if you want to look back a little bit into the archives, we do have our archived conversations with Hornets General Manager and President of Basketball Operations, Mitch Kupchak, and Head Coach Steve Clifford. Talked to both of them about the new ownership group, and the two things they said came through was their energy and enthusiasm and their love for the game. You're definitely going to hear that in tomorrow's conversation. So hope to have you tuning in for that one. Until then, thanks to Rob Longo for being here with me on this edition of the HHC and to all of you for tuning in. I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you tomorrow with Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. 
For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.